89.9 ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. <laughs> no, you ain't. ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interviews. I know. I'm good. I'm good. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly as soon as it drops. We're on a rampage. Bubbles popping up before you know where there's rubble and dust. Cause we'll be pushing it up. Somebody say. Morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Banana Radio Show. Jason Smith's going to join us in the next segment. Chris Harrington straight up at 10 o'clock. That is the lineup for today. Isn't it nice, Jeffrey, to come in and have it be balmy out? It's a little wet, but balmy beats the hell out of what we had last week, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I... Yeah, I, I just remember thinking last week, like, how do people do this regularly? Like, if you live, if you live in the north, I mean, it's it is, of course, as they say, you prepare for it, you expect it. You, yeah, I'm more talking about. I'm not even talking about just driving. I'm talking about like, yeah, even that. Like, the, I think you're the just expe- snow. Like, its the, expectations are different. But you like, know what I mean? Dirty snow is disgusting. Dirty snow is not fun. Yeah, also snow is not always pristine yeah, and beautiful like, or whatever else. Uh, but anyway, it's certainly nice. Uh, it is nice to have. Uh, this, though, however, is peak. Why did I get a dog season? When you have to, you come back from the walk and they're just a disaster. Uh, well, that's the one of the eternal questions. Yep. If you have a dog, is how it goes back to laziness, right? How lazy are you? I had this this dilemma yesterday. The dog has been outside. Yep. If the dog comes inside. Without me wiping the feet, the feet will will track mud on the kitchen floor. And we also had the house got clean this week. Mine too. Yeah, so, you know, so that's then, always the... Then it's a question of, do I really have the energy? How bad will it be? How will they be just a... Can I like, wipe it up? Like, if a yeah. few steps... Is when does Aaliyah a, get home? A few steps is I can deal with. Maybe like that. Anyway, there, there were several times I did wipe the old feet, several times... I did not wipe the old feet. Uh, but anyway, big day. Oh, and today, Jeffrey, I want you to predict how this is going to go. Okay. Today, I'm going to go try, I'm going to try to get my marriage license. All right. Uh, and Are you going to go downtown? Well, there, I, there's different places to okay. go. There's, uh, what, there's, what, what are the, what are the, the, the uh, there's downtown, and then I think there's, there was like, Mill- we could have gone to there's, Millington. There's, there's a Millington. Let me see. Uh, county court, court, court. Uh, and then there's what's the uh, the other one sounded l- more. Uh, let's see, there's Shelby County Courthouse. Now there's uh, n- n- now I'm now I'm blowing it. How what was your experience? Oh, it was a disaster. <laughs> but it was COVID or something, right? Well, and yeah, I mean, but I mean, COVID wasn't like Wanda was doing a terrible job. Like they were not giving out marriage license. Like we had to. Basically, my wife had to like break down on the steps of the courthouse. Just, I, I now recall this. So anyway, here the, the there's downtown, there's Millington, uh huh, and there's I was thinking Mullen Station, the Shelby yeah. East complex. Is that where you get your car? Is that where the car? Yeah, you can. I'm thinking I'm going Shelby East complex. What do you think? And how's so, uh, it going to go? I, and obviously, I can't go until after the radio show. I mean, obviously... Will you, I successfully do it? I'm going to say you get a marriage license and say yes. And you know what that means? Do you know how long you have to get married after... I don't have, like, a wedding plan or anything like that, so uh, uh, it's not like... We, I thought we, it was a pretty short turnaround, because, like, we had to... like Exactly right. 
What is it, a week? It, no, it's 30 days. Okay. It I'll does say- start the. I have no wedding planned, and I'm yeah. not going to have a big wedding. I had a massive wedding the first time around, and uh, no need to do that again. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll go off and just get hitched somehow. But it starts, at, it starts the clock ticking at 30 days. Yeah. You got 30 days. It's, it's, it's like real. the shot clock, uh-huh. you know, and you don't want to yeah. force off a bad shot at the end. Yeah, but, you know, and then also, you know, don't maybe just move the ball around the perimeter. If you get a good shot early, just, right, take, just it. take it. Yeah. I don't know what you all have planned uh, for the day, but I hope it goes well, uh, whatever you have planned for the day and for the weekend. We, once again, Jason Smith's going to join us in the next segment. Chris Harrington, straight up 10 o'clock. So I was driving in today, and I heard uh, the Unsportsmanlike show, which I enjoy. Yeah. I, 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 Mike and Mike at its peak was, I thought, really excellent. An excellent morning summary show. It was cheerful. It was, they played off each other well. Little did we know the acrimony that was uh, unfolding underneath. Um, But, uh, I mean, you can make the argument it is the most successful, organically launched talk show in sports history. They didn't, like, they they did not take somebody. What does organically launched mean? So, I mean, listen. You didn't just like go and hire like Tony Kornheiser or hire Jim Rome. Yeah, or- but so wasn't isn't in after way. Pardon the interruption. Like the, what they came up with with Kornheiser and Wilbon. What's that? That was like that's a it's not a radio talk show, but that's an incredibly successful correct duo who just. I'm willing is- to bet. I'm willing to bet Mike and Mike made a lot more money. Oh, probably. Yeah, for each other or for for themselves um, um, or for the ESPN, company. ESPN, everything. Who else has been? What other? What other? duos have been and then there's been you know there's the well van pelt like you know originally van pelt to rico um and then it became was that a van, radio show i yeah. didn't know that then van pelt went with uh Rosillo. dan patrick's kind of a dan different patrick's thing kind of his own thing and, and there's a there's a whole there's a whole tradition of solo people now yeah. of uh of uh cowherd mm-hmm. and dan patrick Rome. And Rome, and there's there's that. Locally, it tends to be more duos. Like in New York, it's yeah. it's uh, it, there's a lot of Mike duos. Mike and the Mad Dog, yeah. Mike and the Mad Dog was probably wildly successful mm-hmm. and sort of the first of its kind. The fabulous sports babe once a time was was a thing. Um, but anyway, so uh, I enjoyed Mike and Mike, but I like the morning show. This morning, I was driving in, and they were uh, disparaging the player voting for the All-Star. Uh, game and for the all-star starters, which were announced yesterday. And they were using as their prime example of how misguided the player's vote is our own Stephen Adams. Yes, Stephen Adams, who got from the players seven votes. Uh, now, mind you, it, it, it it isn't, and, and, the, and, the, and the point was is that you hear from players all the time, you people don't know what you're talking about, yeah. right? You never played the game, you don't know what you're talking about, whatever else. And so is this evidence that the players also don't know what they're talking about? hmm I think it's really evidence of the players don't give a flip. Yeah. Right? If they really were being, you know, being paid to give their best effort on picking an all-star team, they would not pick Steven Adams. 100%. Do you think there's any NBA player that is unaware? Do you think who voted for Stephen Adams was unaware that he's out for the year? He got seven for he got seven votes on the starting. Think so. The, are you saying like were they being like clever the, up, or are they being just like cheeky? Did they know when they had to check a box? As they I'm, I'm going to bet the people that voted did not know. That, know. Did not know. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. You're an NBA player, and you don't know that Steven Adams... I mean, is there teams that Grizzlies haven't played yet? So some people are being cheeky, and some people are being just, I don't give a flip. I'm just... Right, right. I'm just trying to get this... Like, you hand me the ballot. Well, I bet bet Steven Adams was the first one listed. I bet it's listed alphabetically. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) You know what I mean? May well be high on those. Anyway, in addition, addition, by the way, Santi got 11 votes. Aldama. Uh... (laughs) It's the A's. Um, okay. Well, Brandon Clark got three. C's pretty up there, Xavier too. Xavier Tillman got six, though. Zaire Williams, way back in the alphabet, got one. As did Roddy. Uh, as did John Conchar. As did Vince Williams. Um, so the players, obviously. I, it, 
To me, it does not, in fact, mean that the players, some know what they're talking about, some don't. Some are attentive, some are not. Like, that's the way it goes, right? It's true of any, any... Well, I'm sure some I'm sure some teammates are voting for teammates. In terms of, yeah, someone might have been joking. Some, ah, Steve-O, I'm going to vote for Steve-O. <laughs> right? I mean, it could be that. Absolutely. The, um, if you had to trust a group to pick the best team from voting, in this fashion, and we know that the All Star team is select is selected by uh, it's selected by fans fifty percent, and then media and players twenty five percent each. Which group would you pick to select your team? So probably media, hundred percent media, and I'm not doing it self servingly. I mean, we sound like we're we are right. doing something, but but, let, but my point is they want fans media. vote for their favorite player Correct. most often. Right, like literally, the teams ask them to vote for our guy. It's right? literally a popularity. It's about that's and it's and it's not only that. It's voting for yeah. Let's get our guys in. Yeah. So so they're not even trying. Most fans, I don't even think, are trying to pick the best team. No, they're just trying to pick their guys and players are largely inattentive. I think they if Well, you, I think coaches are in the same thing. And coaches don't care either. Yeah. And so the, the it's because the media cares the most. The well, media people who vote typically care yes. the most. Now, there's, you know, in Heisman voting, there's like well, there's a long history of people who don't really give a flip. Yes. And they've winnowed that well, down. Well, because it used to be the, the having a Heisman vote used to be such a prestige thing like that the Heisman Trust wanted to give it to like big names, people right. that don't care about college football. So, um, so uh, anyway, I I don't consider it some. And then there was uh, it was it was interesting hearing the conversation about about Stephen Adams because um, there was speculation that well, first of all, they said he's long in the tooth. He'll he's not really that long in the tooth. He's he's, he's a well worn thirty though. Yeah, he, that that may be. Uh, but anyway, not all 30 year olds no are, Grizzly are the did, same. No Grizzly did, of course, uh, make the team this year. Uh, and, and no Grizzly will make it as a reserve this year. Can we say that? I think that's 100% true. 100% I mean, true. I guess you could make the argument maybe Jaron, but no. it seems highly unlikely. Mm, it, it's interesting. I've been reading pieces about other, you know, Dan Devine, who we're going to have back on the show, by the way. Dan Devine, uh, wrote a, uh, piece about, who he picked, who he didn't pick. Mm-hmm. Honorable mentions, apologies to. Yeah. You know who he did not mention? Jaron. Jaron. Yeah. Um, so, um, the East was Tyrese Halliburton and Dame Lillard as the starting guards with Embiid, Giannis, and Tatum starting in the front court. Um, if you were going to quibble, and I think this is the biggest complaint anyone has about any of the starters. Generally, most people approve of all the starters. If you were going to argue, the argument is over Dame Lillard, who has not had a typical Dame Lillard year, and there are other candidates, particularly Tyrese Maxey and Jalen Brunson, who people think deserve uh, deserve to be starters over Dame. Donovan Mitchell's another one, any of those three. Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, Tyrese Maxey, most thoughtful folks who are, who are looking at the years they've had think should be in over... Lillard. Yeah, but this goes to the popularity contest. But that's, yeah, 50%. Well, weirdly, actually, um, it was tied uh, in the end um, between Lillard and Brunson. Like, they have these different categories, and they assign different points and whatever else. Where you rank in each one, and Jalen Brunson and Lillard were tied when it finished up, and the way they break the tie is the fan vote. And yeah. so that's Dame, and fifty percent is fan vote. But that was that is not the correct answer. Um, but beyond that, I think most people think Embiid, Giannis, Tatum, Halliburton, sort of obvious, and um, and then Lillard was the one. Uh, and the other which, guys are going to make about which people objected. Um, in the West, it's Shea Gillis Alexander and Luca as the starting guards with Jokic, Durant, and LeBron. LeBron's twentieth All Star. Um, game and yes is it somewhat of a career yes 100% do I object absolutely not I do not object um, uh, to have LeBron as one of the starters Um, so that is it Shea, Luka, Jokic Durant and LeBron honestly I haven't almost every ballot I've seen from media folks has those same five 
if you want to say LeBron shouldn't be on it and put Kawhi there or Anthony Davis there, I can hear it. What's interesting for me is as you look at these all-star ballots and you realize, like people talk about Des- Desmond Bain, mm-hmm. is he going to make it? Or Ja, when will he make it again? Yeah. Right? It's just incredibly hard. So let's take, you tell me, is Desmond Bain ever going to make an all-star team if they don't expand? Here you go. Ready? Here's who you got in the backcourt. Right now, Shea Gillis-Alexander and Luca. Okay? Yep. Uh, Shea Gillis-Alexander, M- legit MVP candidate this year. And Luca is like, Luca. he's freaking, you know, so that, those are your starters right now. Okay? You get two more guards as reserves and two more wild cards. And if you want, you could say, okay, fine. We'll make both wild cards guards. I'm going to, so we're going to pick four more guards. Okay. Okay? Picking four more guards, you're like, well, kind of got to pick Devin Booker, De'Aaron Fox, Anthony Edwards, and Steph. That's four more guards. Okay? Now, I can imagine a year where you would pick Desmond Bain over one of those guys. Steph's going to age out at some I was point. Say, right? how, much, how many more years do we think Steph has? Like that's a huge part of it for me. Right, Steph is going to age out at some point. Someone could be injured at some point. Yeah. You know, that's another part of it. But by the way, we're saying when is Desmond Bain going to make it? Next year, Jaw's going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got to put Jaw. So then, those if that's your six again, we gave both wild cards to the guard situation, and so you've got. Shea Gillis-Alexander, Luca, Anthony Edwards, Devin Booker, Steph, and then this year's De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox. Most people seem to concede, right? So then here are players who did not make it. Kyrie, Jamal Murray, Ja, right? Yep. We're, we're saying is Dez ever going to make it? And then James Harden's having a hell of a year, honestly, despite predictions. Yeah, but I mean, how many— Fred Van Vliet is former All-Star, now moved to the West. But like to me, like those two guys, like how many more shots do they have? I I just think it's going to be... I mean, you, I do agree with your premise that it is unlikely. I think it. I think it's unlikely that Desmond Bain... doesn't mean he's not an all-star level player. Right. doesn't that's mean why he's I an all-star care. level that's player. I don't and care about... given injuries and whatever else, he could have a great year. Someone could, you could imagine certainly a year where Desmond Bain gets in over Darren Fox. Grizzlies are second in the West, right? Yeah. Or first in the West. Well, and just and a year where there's a bunch of injuries. And then... In terms of players who are going to age out, it's it's Steph, it's Harden. I mean, at I a know. certain point, like you got to start saying it's Kyrie. As Kyrie, like, um, it's just really tough. Indeed, here's the other thing: like, is Jaron going to make another All Star game? Here you go. Here's who you, who you got this year, right? Let's let's say that it's that this year. It was uh, up front. It was Jokic, Durant, and LeBron. Well, Durant and LeBron, clock's ticking, mm-hmm. right? So that's okay. That, then here are players who did not make it um, as reserves, um, and now we're only giving two. We're only picking. We're only picking two of them because we gave two of the other two wild guards to the guard situation, right? So we'll put um, we'll put this year Kawhi and Anthony Davis. Okay, so we've got LeBron. We've got Durant, we've got Jokic, we've got Anthony Davis, and we've got Kawhi. Okay? Here are players who did not make it. Laurie Markinen, is having a tremendous year. Yeah. Gobert is having a really damn good year. Sabonis is having a great year. Like guys like Zion and Brandon Ingram are both having good years. And then here's the other thing. You know who's coming on? Chet is coming on. Yeah. Wembenyama is coming on. Sengun is coming on. And by the way, Carl Anthony Towns, despite his selfish 62, it's hard to make an all-star team. Yeah. I, and particularly with Chet and Wembenyama coming on and Sengun coming on. Now, Jaron does everything at both ends. I think Jaron will make another all-star I think Jaron's going to make another because also most of the names that you – you because this is also a reputation award, I guess, or however you want to say it, honor. Jaron on a lot of those, like when you say Dez versus his group of people, right. Dez is not higher on the the perception, right? But Jaron is, is higher. higher on the perception yeah. than certainly than 
I don't, you like know, Sengun, I don't know. Like Sengun. He is than Hudson He isn't than, than Wembenyama, though. No, but like, but even like with Markinen, who's having a good year, like I still think Jaren reputationally is higher. Paul George is another one. Now, of course, he's going to age. But he's out, also so he's getting, another one yeah. who's, who's going to age. Out. Anyway, but I'll, I mean, the other flip side of it is there's going to be other younger players coming in. To your point, like Wembenyama, like. There's going to be more this year, young no. players. This year, there's not any. No, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm saying no, in the— No All-Stars. No, there, there will be All-Stars in this year's draft. I say that. That's not true. Anyway, uh, to sum up once again, it was uh, in the East. It was Halliburton, Lillard, Embiid, Giannis, and Tatum. In the West, it was Shea, Luka, Jokic, Durant, and LeBron. The reserves are announced next Thursday, uh, but this will not be a year uh, for the Memphis— Grizzlies. Grizzlies play the Magic tonight uh, at FedEx Forum. They're back at home where they don't win, as opposed to mm-hmm. on the road where they do win. Also tonight, by the way, uh, evidently, I read this in my Daily Memphian, the first night that rockin' We were talking about who else do you want in terms of food mm-hmm. at FedEx Forum. Like, what other local pr- vendor right. would you like selling? Well, they're going to be selling Rockin' Dough pizza by the slice. Okay. Uh, starting tonight. Evidently, um, for the Memphis Grizzlies, Tigers play Sunday, mm-hmm. and so we had all the drama unfolding yesterday. You know, my my overwhelming theory about thought right now about the Memphis Tigers is, I I always, of course, wish them to win. I prefer them to win than to lose. They're not embedded in my DNA like the Bills are, but. You know, I it it I, I I am I am I make no bones about it. I am in a state of anxiety watching the Tigers play because I know how much these losses hurt. Um, I know how critical the wins are. But honestly, then beyond then, this week it was really unfortunate because it's a long week with no games, right? And so all we've had to talk about is what's wrong with them. Yeah, the last thing we saw. Yeah, the last two things we saw. And so it has been a week of normally you lose a game and a couple days later you got another game and you can change the narrative. Here we have been soaking in this narrative of what's wrong with the Tigers. So maybe it's been a good week over there in the gym because they've been able to work on things. But in terms of just the vibe externally around the team, it's been kind of unfortunate because we've been marinating in misery. Um, and yesterday, it settled on Penny and his son, Jaden. He was asked about it. He responded. He said, in the building, people understand what a solid player he is. He uh, went on and on in defense of his son. Um, first of all, two separate questions. Where are you on Jaden's minutes? And where are you on what you thought of Penny's defense of the son? Those are different questions. Let's take the second one first. What do okay. you think about Penny's defense of Jaden? I mean, to me, it's the classic, like, if you go up to anyone and I ask, should Jaden be playing, like, what's everyone going to say? Of course. Like, if Penny asked, should I be playing my son more? Like, that's that's how I felt about that one. And then... Oh, the- I, I, I actually... I actually don't necessarily believe that everyone in the building thinks Jaden should get as many minutes as he's getting. Well, I think it depends who's asking the well, question. No, no, but if you ask them honestly, if yeah. you said... No, I totally agree. If you ask the players out, every player wants more minutes for themselves, yes. among other things, or they have opinions about who should be getting minutes. Every team you've ever been on, people have opinions about who should be getting minutes, who's getting too many. And one of the, the, the legendary cliche complaints of all time is, ah, he's playing his son, right? Yep. Like, so... Because he's the coach's son. I'm quite confident that, in fact, everyone in that building does not believe that Jaden should be playing as many minutes as he is playing. Yes. Uh, so I don't. But, but what's Penny supposed to say? Like, in terms of his. In terms totally of, agree. What is he supposed to say? Yeah, you're right. My son stinks and I only play him because he's. Have you checked out his last name? Mm-hmm. No. He's, of course, he's not saying that. I thought it was fine to defend him. Um, in the way he did. I didn't believe that that particular yeah. defense, which was everyone in the building believes Jaden should get the minutes he's getting. Uh, but whatever. I didn't, like, well, what's Penny supposed to say about his son or about any player he's asked about? He basically, def- except for broadly he'll throw them under the bus like they didn't stick to the game plan, I had a great game plan, mm-hmm. they abandoned the game plan, they're selfish, all that. He doesn't tend to throw particular players 
eh, okay, he did, he did, he did during that Ole Miss game a couple years ago. But anyway, so I didn't mind his defense. What do you make of the merits of the the Jaden plays too many minutes argument? So I think it's true. I also think though, when when games get chaotic or games get tight. Penny goes to what he knows and trusts, and what he knows and trusts is that Jaden's going to do what he's supposed to do. On a team that where people don't do what they're supposed to do. Right. I, I guess... But I would, I, let, I would, let me be clear. Jaden should not play as much as he does. I, who you want to play over him? I want less players. I, but that's the thing is everyone no, but keeps... They, they, like, okay, so you've got, we've, we've got the starting five, okay? Who, what reserve guards do you want to play? Someone so, there has to be reserve guards who play minutes. Two of them, let's say, right? Who do you want them? Who do you who do you want them to play? I mean, I think at this point you should play young. Particularly if Walton's hurt, who do you want to play? I think you should play young over him. It's close, honestly. Like I don't think it's some cal- fine. I let's let's see how it works. But I don't think Jalen Young has made some great compelling case for himself. He can't do anything offensively, as far as I can tell. It's a pretty thin gruel. Who are you picking between Sharon Font? Someone has to play. I mean, my thing is, like, I would rather them just play seven guys. Okay, seven guys. Who are your guards? So, Quinterly and Walton. Walton's hurt. Second half, he was hurt. So, you can't play Walton. Who, well, who, who are the other guys? He might have some. He, 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 might, have some, uh, he might have some wasitis. That's fine. He was not available to play. Who do you want to play? Well, I mean, did, I mean what are we counting David Jones? Is a three? Are we not no, saying he's, he's, not, he's No, he's a three. I mean, this is fine. Like, I... I you need... Yeah, so you need you need to, and it, that, that's I just think it was a weird week to be talking about Jaden Hardaway when no one was available to play. Yeah, we, we can't even come up with a second guard who's not Jaden Hardaway, much less a third. I mean, you can play the other Hardaway, or you can play Jalen Young, or you can play Kyle Sharonfont. Like those are your options. Yeah, if Walton's out, so I just think, broadly speaking, I 100 percent agree. It looks weird for him to be getting this many minutes, and in a perfect world, he's not getting this minutes. I don't know who people want to give the minutes to, though, in that game. Generally speaking, I'm with you in that it would be it would be Quinterly and Walton until they drop. Yes. Right? And then spot in. Like, did you see what Clemson did? They have six guys. Right. And then That's spot in, if you need to, Jalen Young. Probably would be my first off the bench at, at guard. I think right? he gives you more than Jaden does. Yeah, he's... And honestly, like imperfect stat, we are. You're blo- I'm obligated to say that yes, anytime course. as you say mentioned plus minus, he was plus eleven against against Tulane, easily the best. Um, now, now Jaden was even. He was one of three who were uh, who were who were not negative. Um, so I don't know. Like I guess my I, I, in the in the in the order of things that ail the Tigers, to me. In that game, anyway, I mean, defense is one, chemistry is two. Jaden Hardaway is not not with one or two. Now you can argue rotations have an impact on defense. Yeah, chemistry. but uh, no, nah, I, I, there are bigger defensive concerns than whether or not Jaden's on the floor. Yeah, like what the hell? People just abandoning their men. Like they yeah. do not play sound defense. Correct. It's kind of appalling to watch. So, um, and, and to be clear, like on the list of things that ail me, number one is way higher up than the other two that you even mentioned. Right. So I, I didn't like. I, to me, I'm just so I, I, I would like them to win against UAB. I would like to have something else to talk about other than what ails, other than what ails this team. It is interesting to look back. Do you remember the year that um, people were looking at Penny? I forgot. It maybe it was. Two year, well, what what year did Michigan have the really superb year under st- at least start under Jawan Howard? Was that two years ago? Three years ago? I think it was. T- I think it was two. Years. And they like, was the year why that- can't Penny be more like Jawan Howard? He's a former player who came back to his alma mater, and he's absolutely killing it. And now you look up, they are uh, seven and just got hammered by Purdue. Just got absolutely eviscerated by Purdue. Uh, seven and twelve, um, they are. Um, all right. Other news from yesterday. Um, Bill Belichick doesn't seem to have a gig. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the the more interesting to me. Uh, by the way, it was the twenty twenty one season. So it was the year the the. 
the year where like it was post COVID, but like all the the whole tournament was in Indianapolis. Remember yeah, that year? It was that year? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're Raheem Morris, how how good do you are you feeling <laughs> today right now? Like I beat out Bill Belichick for a job. Like that has to be like the great like. Okay, that has to if, be so if satisfying. You, if you are a Falcons fan, yeah. Okay, and. And you see that your team hired Raheem Morris, mm-hmm. and I'm not even anti it. I, I'm not asking this because I don't because I have a particular strong opinion about it. But Raheem Morris, of course, was the interim coach of this team yeah. before Arthur Smith then got the job as the head coach the next year. Mm-hmm. They could have hired Raheem Morris yes. uh, instead of Arthur Smith. They saw their interim coach. They said, "Yeah, no, 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 you move along." Yep. And they hired Arthur Smith. Then they come back. And they hire Raheem Morris, who, as a head coach, uh, has a record of 17-31. and 31. I believe Bill Belichick, more NFL wins than 17? I, I believe he has a couple more. I, more playoff wins than 17. Yes. I'm quite confident of that, too. So um, they pick Raheem Morris over Bill Belichick. Why do you think they did it? And if you were a Falcons fan, are you telling yourself, oh, that makes sense? So the biggest reason I think they did it is I think they clearly had a power struggle in the building. It seems to me that that the front office people, the the football executives did not want Bill Belichick. And to me, it seems like Raheem Morris became kind of the compromise candidate that would satisfy all parties because it does seem like Arthur Blank, like he was comfortable with that. And so I think it's the classic, like, if Arthur Blank wants to hire Bill Belichick and his football people are saying, no, we don't want to hire Bill Belichick, you've got to come up with someone that he's comfortable with. And I think Raheem Morris fit that fit that mold. Do you listen to your football people at that point? Your football people have gotten you where you've gotten. It's Rich McKay who is sort of the overarching. Yeah. Overarching. It's, it's always unclear, like, how, is like the... fo- how much, like, does he run football or does he run, like, business? Like, that's always been the weird thing with McKay. Yeah, he is the CEO of AMB Sports and Entertainment. And so he is certainly involved, yeah. um, but not at a granular level. Like, is obviously. he the one in, on this it, On this thing, yeah. he would absolutely be involved. Yes. When you're, when you're picking a head coach. It's pretty clear. They're Bill Belichick comes, he's Bill Belichick, you know? Yeah. So he comes with everything he comes with, um, w- including ideas about how to do things. And so if you want a coach who's just going to coach, you pick... Raheem Morris instead of Bill Belichick. I think that's pretty clear. And by the way, everyone loves Raheem Morris, evidently. He did a terrific job as defensive yeah. coordinator for the Rams. Not just a terrific job, and the Falcons stunk defensively, right? So not just not just a terrific job at getting results, but also at developing young players. Did an incredible job. Rams well, they, take other, a big than, step back. other than Aaron Donald, they, they, were nothing. Really, they don't really have much. They had nothing. Um, so he did a great job. And I think I think the more interesting case study is, is this the NFL telling us that it's not just post-Brady? It's that, I, I to me, that it's almost like they're... Well, Skip Bayless came out and said that, uh, that, that Belichick was a glorified defensive coordinator his whole time in New England, which is preposterous. Yeah, no, I, I disagree with that, but I mean... Listen, there's a reason why Skip makes $15 million and I don't. <laughs> right, exactly. um, Hot takes like that. Yeah. But I do think they are signaling that no one really respected what the job that he's done the last four or five years. And they that, don't want any I part of that. that's right. No one wanted. And I think there was... Here's the other thing. Um, one thing we have seen is um, Raheem Morris, black. Antonio Pierce, black. Yep. Rod Mayo, black. And that's a, a happy development in the NFL, which had been uh, uh, way too uh, NFL owners mm-hmm. have been way too um, uh, enthusiastic about hiring head coaches who looked like them. And um, I really think... Well, and th- we're getting some defensive guys. And then, right, yep, and uh, I, well, this goes to that too. I really think the success of D'Amico Ryans it's helped. Has helped across, like, you look, my God, look what that leader yeah. of men, he's he's a defensive guy, he's an African-American, he's relates, like, he is yep. everything you want Sub in a 50. leader of, yeah. yeah, he's young, yeah. he's like, that is, 
No, we don't want Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll hanging on until they're 90. Yeah, just trying to cash wins. We have this different model of what... And again, I'm not saying they're all going to be successful. People tend to whatever, but we have this different model. The odds are they're not going to be successful. successful. We have this different model of what works, and it's young, and it's... It is fascinating to me, though. So you take... Like we always talk about copycat league, Jeff. Everybody knows it's copycat it league. It's funny should, to me. You trademark that. I know. I, I, yeah. I've, I've yeah, thought, thought about, about it. it. Yeah. Everyone's looking at D'Amico Ryan's, which, by the way, like to me, like that's harder to replicate because part of the D'Amico Ryan story is not only what he's done from a, a culture perspective, but it was also getting C.J. Stroud. Like that clearly is a huge part of it. That is certainly a huge part of it. Yet. We still it is keep, funny, like isn't we're it? We're not cop- to me. It like, is what amazing the how do. whether you're looking at Bill Belichick yeah. or D'Amico Ryan's, it is amazing how getting the right quarterback. Yeah, it's funny helps, how that, helps, that seems helps, to help. Does works on culture. Seems it's, to it, it, the Patriot way yeah. uh-huh. and whatever else. Just getting the right quarterback yeah. seems to work. Oh, the other hire in the NFL yesterday was Dave Canales. Mm-hmm. My uh, wife calls him the hot coach. The hot. Former strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, is for what Pete it, Carroll guy. For a yeah, Pete Carroll guy at USC, mm-hmm. strength and conditioning coach. Of course, my wife also says that D'Amico Ryan's is the hot coach, too. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Uh, I haven't scrutinized Dave Canales for his hotness, but mm-hmm. um, former wide receivers coach, former QB coach, uh, passing game coordinator for Geno Smith under Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to Tampa, Tampa and... Whether he did a good job with Baker or Baker did a good job with him, one year in Tampa as the OC, and they're like, man, if he can fix Baker, we have a number one pick who's in need of fixing. Let's hire him here. Also, shorter quarterback. Like, I think that's a huge part of it. I, listen, I have no idea whether or not Dave Canales is going to be successful or not. I do know it's not that— not set up to be successful. I would, I would strongly bet against it. I also would argue Canales getting the job— suggest that that was not a desired job because Canales' name wasn't even popping up until yesterday. Like I felt like, I felt like that when I saw that Schefter update, I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. Two jobs remain. Uh, Seattle, which seems to be Dan Quinn's. Do we believe that? But what what would be stopping you if you want Dan Quinn? What would be stopping you? Well, Washington's pretty clearly. That's Ben Johnson. Yes. Right? Like, it, Washington, the reason that's still open is that Ben Johnson is still working. Correct. And so they can't hire Ben Johnson. And Ben Johnson was the was the preferred candidate in Carolina. And he looked at the situation and said, yeah, I'd rather be a commander. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And uh, so that's pretty clearly happening there. I don't really know what is happening in Seattle. We have a lot more to talk about in the NFL, a lot, lot, lot more to get to, period. Jason Smith, though, is going to join us next. Then Chris Harrington will join us at the top of the hour. I was, uh, we had a goodbye thing uh, for our fearless leader here. Dan Barron has been running this, what do you call it, a cluster? What do you call it here? Office? The, this, the, this Odyssey? The region? Empire. Yeah. This empire uh, for eight, how many years now? Conglomerate. I mean, I I've, I came in 2016. He'd been here for... So, uh, and it's done a terrific job um, with these radio stations. Honestly, one of the things, and I'm not going to turn this into some violin farewell for Dan Barron. He's going to New Orleans, and that sounds fun, and he's done a great job. Um, at 92.9, he created this. Like, there was not an FM sports station before Dan Barron decided there should be an FM sports station. And it started when Dan reached out to me and Gary and said, hey, we were at the time we were doing a morning show on another uh, tiny little AM station. And he said, hey, do you guys want to start doing a, uh, a show? And, uh, and that's how the Jeff and Gary show, that was a morning show. He wanted drive time afternoon show. I was a single dad, so I couldn't. I couldn't be uh, working in the afternoons uh, after school for the kids. And so um, so it became the Gary Parrish Show with Jeff Calkins, and I would just join him at 5 o'clock. And anyway, we built from there. You know, Chris Harrington, I mean, I mean Chris Vernon came, had a huge impact. Um, he, let, he ended up leaving. Um, Jason and John came. They've had a huge impact. Um, Jeffrey and Giannato. Eric. Eric came and, and left, and he had a huge impact. Like, it was, it, it has been... It's been really good, I think, for sports talk in Memphis, and it's been really good for a lot of careers, too. Um, totally. And, and one of the things that Dan has done is 
These are all weird shows in different ways. Like, I have a, a guy on Tuesdays from Washington, D.C. talking about freaking Fed rates. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like... Earnings like, calls. <laughs> earnings calls. And uh, you guys you guys do this bit every uh, every week during football season where you summarize Boomer's, mm-hmm. uh, Boomer's summary of the NFL weekend. Or... Talking about what <laughs> right. TVs are going to be on. It's a yeah. What what are we going to watch? Yeah, so yeah. it is. It it. These are different shows. And Dan has never walked in here and said, "Stop doing that." He's never once nope. walked in here and said, "Stop doing that." And it's allowed the shows to grow organically, and um and I think it's one of the reasons um, for the success. And uh, it was good to see Bennett came to the shindig yesterday. And, uh, uh, of course, Bennett was a fixture at this station forever. So I'm grateful to Dan. Um, and it was great to be at that celebration. I will say, as I was heading over there, I asked Dennis, who works in the building, I said, well, when are you going? And he said, well, I got to step in at O'Call first. Uh, it was at Owen Brennan's oh, yeah. the party. So, of course, he does. Dennis is not a fool. No. He knows the semi-annual right sale is going on. and he it's knows insulting not to walk he, in. He, yeah. And he knows that this is the moment when there's the, really the best savings because, uh, you know, as the sale goes on, they're, they're a little more, they're, they're pretty aggressive from the beginning, but then they become a little more aggressive. So, if you want to take advantage of the best savings uh, in the semi-annual sale, fall and winter merchandise uh, on sale now at O'Call, this would be the perfect weekend to do it. Uh, back in a moment, Jason Smith, Jeff Gawkins, here on 92.9 FM ESPN. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Talk has the power to save lives. Join us for an intimate conversation on grief, loss, and suicide. I'm listening. Talk away the dark. Odyssey and the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention have created a limited series that will help us all to better understand the power of talk, help, and healing in a safe and respectful way. For the full show and more stories like this, download the I'm Listening Talk Away the Dark podcast on the Odyssey app or visit imlistening.org. Join us for this I'm Listening special Sunday at 6 a.m. here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Get the appliances you need right away at Lowe's. Explore the largest assortment of brands you trust, like Whirlpool, Samsung, and LG, in-store or online at the best values. Plus, take advantage of our everyday financing offers on top items, from refrigerators to laundry pairs. And there's more. Get your new appliances delivered or installed quickly at your convenience. Because Lowe's knows appliances. Lowe's knows home improvement. Subject to credit approval. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Watch parties aren't what they used to be. Welcome to today's matinee. Ever since we got Xfinity, my little sister and her friends can easily stream all their favorite stuff. We'll start with two episodes of Top Chef, then Chopped. When I was a kid, we'd worry about buffering. Now they just worry about what's on the charcuterie board. Enjoy these fine meats and cheeses. Mm. These are just cut up hot dogs and spray cheese. Indeed. The best way to stream your favorites is on the Xfinity 10G network. Introducing the best value in live TV and streaming on the best network with Xfinity Internet and Now TV. Now through March 21st, get Xfinity Internet for $20 a month for 12 months with no annual contract. Plus, add Now TV with Peacock Premium. A $5.99 a month value included at no extra cost for just $20 a month. Switch today. Requires paperless billing and auto pay stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Now TV requires Xfinity Internet. Equipment taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply. Actual speeds vary. Stream Top Chef on Peacock. 
Start practicing your pitching for the ultimate $80,000 snowball fight at Southland Casino Hotel. Join us Saturdays in January from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. for hourly drawings. 40 winners every week will win a share of $20,000 in free play. Want in? Get an entry for every 24 points earned daily with five times the entries on Wednesdays. Don't miss Saturdays at Southland. It's going to be so much fun. Must be 21 plus. Play responsibly. For help quitting, call 800-522-4700. At Gossett Mitsubishi on the Pike, new inventory is arriving daily. And we've got what you've been looking for to start the new year off right. Get off to a great year in your award-winning 2024 Mitsubishi Outlander. $329 a month or buy it for $29,910. Take a spin in your new 2024 Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross. $29,445 or lease for $449 a month. How about 2023 Mitsubishi Outlander P? HEV, 420 total range MPGE, you own it for $649 a month. Plus, no worries with Mitsubishi's 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. You want it? We gossip at Gossip Mitsubishi, 1870 Covington Pike, or online anytime, MemphisMitsubishi.com. If you want it, we gossip at Gossip HEVPZO62303 MSRP44355 Sport RU00 1136 MSRP28000 Eclipse RZO12051 MSRP31700 Includes all rebates and incentives PF695 Excludes tax title and license with approved credit See dealer for complete details Offer value through end of the month Dealer stock only This is Rob Joyner with James Davis One of the top men's stores in the country We've started our fall clearance blowout sale At 50 to 70% off If you didn't get exactly what you wanted for the holidays Or you received the perfect James Davis gift card Now is the time It is game on at 50 to 70% off On fall sport coats Sport shirts, sweaters, and pants. We have our Paul Batenley suits, regular $650 each, and now two for $8.95. James Davis and the Laurelwood Shopping Center at Poplar and Perkins are on the web at jamesdavisstore.com. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Now, during Staples Print Big Sale, get $20 off your print purchase of $100 or more, $50 off your print purchase of $200 or more, and $100 off your print purchase of $300 or more. So, the more you print at Staples, the more you save. To demonstrate, print, print, print at Staples, you save, save, save. But if you print, 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 print at Staples, you save, 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 save. See how that works. Staples Print Big Sale. Print more, save more. Up to $100. Ends 210. Visit staples.com slash print for details. The NFL playoffs live on Odyssey. Westwood One brings you all the action from the AFC and NFC Championship games. Streaming live on the free Odyssey app. First, it's Kansas City and Baltimore. Spinning touchdown catch hit the goal line. Kelsey, he could not have been more wide open. Then it's San Francisco and Detroit. Hands off McCaffrey, McCaffrey on the right side. Listen to every game live from Westwood One. Get in the game and download the free Odyssey app today. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Jeff's guests appear on the Frame Corner phone lines. Frame Corner, with expert custom and do-it-yourself framing since 1975 on Park Avenue in East Memphis. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. If you're thinking about getting engaged, Valentine's Day is coming. Robert Irwin Jewelers is the place to go. Robert Irwin Jewelers, and there's all kinds of reasons this is true, honestly, but the biggest reason is they just make it a delight. They take this thing that can be a little scary, and they make it fun, and there's no pressure, and they walk you through it. They love diamonds. Um, They love finding the right diamond for you. But then in addition, there's the meant-to-be guarantee, so... Any custom-made engagement ring, you have 365 days to return it. It's totally risk-free. Um, you want financing? 24 months deferred interest or take up to 60 months to pay at a low PR? You got the uh, jewelry spa service for life where you can take your ring in to have it uh, cleaned, polished, the ring stone tightening, all of that. Um, they do an unbelievable job at Robert Irwin Jewelers. They got five convenient locations. I go to the one uh, right across from Novel and Perk Extended. Find the one closest to you, rijewelers.com.
Com. Joined now by Jason Smith. Jason and John every single day from 11 until 2. Uh, so, Jason, what do you make of... I was just saying that I, this week, in retrospect, the fact that they lost these two games, the Tigers did, and then they didn't have a game, it might have been good for them over in the gym. But it's allowed us to sort of spend the whole week marinating in what's wrong with the Tigers. And in that way, it's kind of been unfortunate. And, it, and then it, it settles on Jaden Hardway yesterday. Your thoughts on, uh, on this week? I, for one, can't wait to get another game uh, and maybe a victory under our belts. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, and 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 to the thing about it settling on Jaden, it shouldn't settle on Jaden. Where you know what this team has done the last two games, uh, Jaden is not at the top of the of the reasons why. Now we can you know you point to the minutes and the lack of production that you got from the last game, and 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 you need more from that spot, or you need more from someone else in that spot. That's obvious, but it's the the discussion shouldn't have settled on Jaden. It should have settled on how poor this team has been defensively since the second half against Tulsa and how this week, if any Hardaway's talked about this uh, to this point, needs to be a reset. Good to, back to your point, Jeff, good thing for the Tigers because you've got the week off. You can reset things defensively. The effort's got to be up. The attention to detail has got to get up. And so that's where the conversation should have settled because that's this team's biggest issue right now. How much do you think um, the best players on this team – uh, David Jones and Javon Quinterly, mm-hmm. um, you know, are uh, Quinterly came with this stuff from Alabama. Does he play hard all the time? And then David Jones is, let's be honest, an indifferent defender, right? And you contrast that with last year when you had DeAndre and Kendrick as your sort of the leaders of the team, and and whatever they they weren't perfect either. But they set a certain tone for the team. I don't know. How much is it the responsibility of the two players I just mentioned to set a tone for this team, both offensively and defensively? And I don't know. Like, what do you, what do you make of their performance in that regard? Uh, Caleb Mills was that. He was the guy in the hope. Yeah. And Penny Hardaway has told us that. He was yeah. the vocal leader. He was the guy that pulled them all together. And so, yes, you'd like Quinterly and David Jones to be more of that. And it's certainly part of the conversation that you're having with them this week. You guys have got to step up. Quinterly, it's got to be a 40-minute effort from you. David Jones, particularly defensively, we can't have lapses because, because we've got to have you out there. And so, you know, what, you know you'd love for them to, to step up and take it over as soon as Caleb Mills goes down. But you can understand, too, how um, it's a process. And again, a process in the sense that too that Penny, you know, is, is is still learning these guys from the sense that do I trust them to do that on their own? Right, that's what he's talked about this week. I've sort of been lax their experience, or now do I have to get in there and and get on David Jones and and Quinterly about doing that for us because it's desperately needed, Jeff. And so to grade them at this point, well. I mean, Caleb Mills had sort of had had been that for them. Yes, they've got to be better in that department. Surely Penny Hardaway is on them about that, and so we'll see. Obviously, they both know. I mean, we heard from David Jones. He There was accountability defensively. Uh, Javon knows uh, uh, how important he is to this team and that there can't be lapses. There can't be six, seven turnover games. You know, uh, uh, there when, when, when Tulane was obviously in his head, uh, I still thought it was a soft call, but they get him. With the you know with the with the tech and it, with the uh, with the the elbow and it hurts your team. They can't have those, particularly from those two guys. So yes, Jeff, it has to be better. Uh, but I think they're capable, man. They're experienced. They've been through the wars. You're asking them to do some things they haven't perhaps in the past had to do. You know, some dog things, some get down and play some defense things. Um, and and hopefully they're capable of stepping up in those roles. How many years were you? In addition to everything yeah. they've already had, to, you know, in addition to the load they're already carrying, because I don't want to te- sit up here and tell you. I mean, they, they've been great players. They have. They've been asked to do, but now they've got to step up in another way. Clearly, vocally, leadership, not you know, uh, again, no lapses in, in 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 focus. That's that's what this team needs from those two in particular right now. Um, how long were you the beat writer? For the six years, six years, six years. and yeah. during your six years, were they playing UAB on the road regularly? Is this a trip you've made? Uh, a couple of times, yeah. We, uh, Mark and I made it down there. I want to say two or three times. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was. Uh, I remember what I remember at one point 
uh, as intense as ever just because UAB has held it that you know yeah. that way to them. They've held it so close to their hearts. The opportunity to be Memphis, they uh, they probably look at you much in the same way. You know, we still maybe look at Louisville as that old rival. We'd still love to do it. Yep. UAB's always lost that. They've never lost. You know that 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 rival feeling about you. And so those games were intense. And I want to say there was an incident where. You know, players and trying to get back to the locker room one year, Wesley Witherspoon and all that, it had gotten tight oh, remember right Pierre, around them. Pierre, fa- Pierre slapped well, somebody. And that, was, but that one was before my time, no. but it, it, it goes to that point. That into, what I'm telling you is that intensity never seemed to let up. And I remember the crowds being on top of the Tigers as they tried to make their way back to the locker room. I think Josh, for the most part, had some pretty good success, success against UAB. I want to say there was one loss that I covered. Um, but that rivalry is always intense because of how UAB feels about you. You, to them, are one of the halves, right? You, we look at ourselves sometimes and compare yourself to the Power Five, and you, you right. put the, you know, we put Memphis in the have-not boat. Now they're always having to make, you know, uh, 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 you know, strides with less. But they look at you as a have, and that's the way, you know, that's the way that that atmosphere is, has always been down there for, from when I've covered it and, yeah. and from what I've seen. It's going to be. I've, I've covered a bunch, and it's going to be wild. And there's no question. You're Memphis, they're on top of you too, Jeff. Yeah. Those fans are right on top of you. And Memphis is Big Brother. Um, there's no question. No and doubt. It, and it no is. Doubt. It is fun to beat Big Brother. Well, we will hope uh, for the best. A lot of other things I could talk about, but yesterday you asked me uh, about Jerome Wright, who died uh, this year, uh, this week. Jerome Wright at age 74, uh, journalist in the city for 50 years. Um, African American who was hired by the Commercial Appeal in the wake of the in the wake of the uh, MLK assassination because hey the paper looked up and said my God we have no black people working for this paper and they they realized that 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 is a it, it's about difference in perspectives it's about differences in experiences yep. and you are shorting your organization if you don't have um, different sorts of folks uh, in your organization. And um, and Jerome then started at the CA and did a magnificent job for 50 years of covering this city. And I wrote about him. But I was interested because you reached out to me. I didn't realize the impact he had on you. I knew he affected a whole bunch of other young journalists. But how did Jerome Wright shape your life? So media writing class, I'd gotten back into school after screwing up uh, about 99, 2000. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to try to be like dad, go the TV route. So let me get my butt back in school. Everybody in the journalism building, whether you were going PR, if I remember correctly, television, new editor, newspapers, you had to take this media writing class. And at the time, Jerome Wright, an adjunct professor at the U of M, was the neighbor's editor at the Commercial Appeal. He taught the class, took, took the class with every intention of going to go follow in daddy's footsteps and go into television. In the process of taking the class, he convinces me, not, not, not no pressure, but in, in, in the way he carried himself, the way he talked about the story, the way he talked about the story as the star, the way he talked about it, you could tell people's story and how that was really a, a, a gift to be able to do that, right? If, if you could do it right, and, 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 and they entrusted you. Jeff, you know about this. They entrusted you with your stories. What a great responsibility it is to be able to go out and tell those stories. So in the process of that, I fell in love with newspapers. Now you, I, we could sit up here and have a, you know, sit up here and have a laugh about the time it was happening and then what happened to newspapers. But I bought it hook, I bought it hook, line, and sinker, and I wanted to be a newspaper man like Jerome Wright. By the time I came out of that class, and I, I think about it, you know, you, you had a great piece. You know, it really captured him. Karanja over the, you know, just stepped down, I guess, over the Tri-State Defender, at least from one of his, you know, right. two major roles over there, had a piece about him. And talked about, and Otis talked about him too, Jeff. You know, Jerome Wright wasn't just a champion of diversity, you know, in journalism and, and at the CA and everything else. Like he, you know, he he was a champion, of, but and a champion of diversity. He also was opening the door, you know, for for guys like me. I mean, the three amigos. What you wrote about, you know, him, Otis Sanford, and Karanja that that came to that paper when it was mostly white. You talked about this yesterday. They they laid the they they laid the path. They blazed the path for guys like me to be able to come in, but not just the path. Jerome opened the door. He said, "You know, you, you want to do this. You want to. You want this responsibility, and it's a great one. Um, if you're good enough, you can come and get it. We need you." And he welcomed me in. 
And so it just so happened that, you know, after working as a daily helmsman, took me, what, two and a half more years to graduate. You know, the opportunity opens up at the CA to cover preps. You know, Jerome at that point, you know, had no idea I'm coming in, but I'm sure at some point when I'm interviewing, he said, hey, you know, I trained him. This is a good one. And he didn't just, you know, Jerome wasn't just about talking about diversity in the newsroom. He did everything he could to get it in. But again, it, he wasn't just a champion of diversity. Like I told you yesterday, it was like he was on a one-man mission to preserve journalism. The guy go read elementary school kids. He was working with the Teen Appeal, which has done great things in Memphis and sent you know many a teen at that time, high school kids, to, to journalism careers. He taught the media writing class. The editor he was to so many reporters at the CA for 46 years. I mean, the guy was on a, on, and then Jeff, he retires and he goes right back into it. You know, after, after a few years at Lamont, he goes right back into preserving journalism again at the Tri-State Defender. So I, I can't say enough for the impact he had on me, but just, you know, what we lost, you know, he, he was, he was one of the lights, one of the beacons, man. And, uh, and I just hope there, there are enough of us out here that are trying to be like Jerome in terms of pulling folks in, you know. Because journalism is worth uh, preserving. It's just There's too, no it, question. It's it's so much a world of hot it's takes. Hard, it's, it's hard so to put much it all a world in three of, minutes too, of hot takes answer. now. I know. Yeah, yeah. But and but he that, just was a great. He was a great man. He really was. He uh, I, he, more he, people 